Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Ag Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Welcome to another episode of Food, Peace, Please. Today, Susan and I are going to be chatting about can you lose weight on intuitive eating, on an intuitive eating journey? Um, And I'm really excited to dive into that today. But before we begin, I need to know, Susan, what's new with you? Oh my gosh. I have to share something I'm really excited about. (laughs) Okay. So the backstory is that last week, uh, Eric and I were like driving. Oh, we were like going to like Home Depot or something. And I had my – I make like these mineral mocktails. And I had it in like a big thermos thing that like was just like open on the top and a straw in it. And we like went over a bump and it literally poured all over my pants in the seat of the car. Like my – Everything was soaked and I was like, okay, well, I can't go in now. And then he was like frustrated because he was like, but like that was the whole point of this is that we're going together. (laughs) Anyways, he's like, you need to get something that isn't going to spill all over the place. Like, because I've just been like walking around with this mug, like has an open top, whatever. We're in the car, whatever. So my exciting, (laughs) what's new is that I bought a... Yeti that has a handle, like a built-in handle on the side, okay, and a leak-proof lid. And let me tell you that I have been in the market and reviewing different mugs that were larger that had handles because I wanted a handle and I wanted a leak-proof lid. The only downfall about this is that like, so you can fit a straw in it, but when you have the straw in it, of course, like then it's open. So it's not like fully leak proof. But when you don't have the straw in it, which I had to just buy my own straw, then it is leak proof. Wait, this is actually like life changing. And I actually think we should link like an Amazon link or something in the show notes because I want one. And I feel like a lot of people listening might want one. I am permanently covered in water. Like literally, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Like guarantee you're listening. If you meet me one day, I will be covered in water because I carry my water bottle with me everywhere. I'm constantly refilling it. I'm terrible at tightening the lid and I, I leak water all over our car. Like the seat is constantly soaked in water. I am like I'm a walking disaster. So, <laughs> so am I, clearly. Until I and I did, I did get this. So here's the thing. I don't know if Yeti like discontinued this mug with the handle because well, here's okay, so here's the thing. I bought it on Amazon and I went to the Yeti website and I couldn't find it on the Yeti website. And I knew that there was an option because my friend had one and they bought it at get this, a local Ace Hardware store. Yes. And I was like, well, I'm going to look and see if I can find it on Amazon. And I did find it on Amazon. And you want to hear the next thing that happened? It didn't show up. And so I got it for free, you know, because like, and then, and then it showed up and then I ordered another one because I thought it wasn't coming. So you have two of the magical 
to the The magical discontinued item that everyone who's listening to this podcast now wants. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not really discontinued. You can still buy it on Amazon. Maybe it's just for some reason not on the Yeti website. I don't know. But We're starting a rumor. I love it. Wait, so how many ounces is it? That's very important. Uh, 32. Oh, that's a t- holy moly. That is I know. phenomenal. I know. I was like, I need it because they have a smaller version. Actually, I think on the website, there was like a smaller version. It was only 20 ounces. And I was like, no, no, no. I need 20 ounces is not enough for me. I was like, I need to have like a good amount so I can put like ice, you know, and everything in. Also, another feature, we're going on and on about this, but it gets smaller at the bottom so it fits in your car cup holder. Wait, this is another reason my car is always soaked because I can't fit my 40-ounce water bottle in the cup holder. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. And, like, I realized that, like, because I'm doing a lot of cross-country driving right now, you all know, uh, my 13-hour road trips with a dog, I was like, I need a nice mug. And also I said to Eric, I was like, well, should I send that other one back? He's like, well, you might as well just keep it. I'm like, right. Cause now I could fill both of these up before I go. And like, that would probably like carry me through like the whole day. Cause I can't, I mean, I can't drink too many liquids when I'm driving that far because I'll have to stop and go to the bathroom every like hour or two. <laughs> Wait a second, Susan. I just had a moment of manifestation. Here is what I'm seeing. We have those mugs branded with food <gasps> peace please hello i need yes. that i need that so bad like how do we do that i don't I have no idea but okay we're gonna you're listening to this podcast and you like making mugs <laughs> please tell me <laughs> oh my god now that i say that and i say i don't know i don't know how to do this i have a friend that knows how to do that okay hit her up slash him yeah she's got a cricket Ugh, okay <laughs> wait yeah. can she like, mass produce those though with her cricket uh, i mean she has a vinyl shop Oh, okay. Or she did. She might. I. I don't know. She's. Okay. She might be listening to this. Okay. Uh, I'll. I'll ask her mm-hmm. if we can put like some branded stuff on there. That'd be kind of fun, dude. Yeah, and plus that's the perfect mug. It is the, the perfect mug. Like my eyes are popping out of my head as I watch her like hold her hot pink mug. <laughs> yeah, like, if only you guys could see me holding it because I'm just like obsessed. Like I'm obsessed. Oh, yes. I didn't even think about we could brand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need that. I need that real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enough about the mugs. Serena, what's new with you? Well, now my my news is like not even slightly as cool. <laughs> Susan was like, should I even talk about my mug? And I was like, yes. <laughs> um, what is my news? I mean, I guess my news is just like – Wedding planning is happening over here. So we had canceled our wedding. And so we're replanning our wedding now. And so we've been doing it like really on the fly. You know, I hired my florist with like 10 weeks to go, which, you know, from what I've heard, you're supposed to hire your florist like months and months and months in advance. So um, I'm feeling like a big like wave of relief because all the big things are done. And now I'm just kind of like, ordering like I ordered candles last weekend and I, I'm buying some like sign like picture frames to put signs in so it's just kind of like little doodads now and it's getting real real quick and I'm really excited about it oh my gosh I can't like wait to see this all come together for you because I just like know how much it means to you like we've had a lot of conversations about 
Serena and wedding planning and what type of wedding was going to happen. (laughs) If there was going to be a wedding. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I, yeah, I'm so excited for you to like get your special day and like get that experience because it's really, really cool. So cool. And when we get closer, I will for sure give you a few tips. Okay. Yeah, well, I already I hired a videographer on Susan. Susan was like, the one thing you have to do. And I was like, thank God you said that because I was going to be like cheap. And I was like, that's not like worth – and I, and I was like, actually, Susan's right. It's totally worth the the expense. It's totally worth it. Like, oh my gosh. I Like we and my husband would be like – he would probably like tell your fiance like, don't let her get one. Because, like, I am so obsessed with our wedding video. And, like, for, like, the first year afterwards, like, I probably watched it, like, at least once a week. And, like, my husband would come home from work and he'd be like, are you serious? You're seriously watching that again? And I just, like, loved it so much. And, like, now I'm at the point where, like, I watch it, like, once a year on our anniversary, which is coming up. So my once a year is coming up that I'm going to watch it. But, like, I just, like, love being able to, like, relive the moment. So, like, I almost, like, enjoy that more. Like, I love the pictures, but I almost enjoy that more because, like, it's, like, you can get back into the moment. Like, I love seeing, like, the videos of, like, people, like, dancing and we have, like, the speeches, like, all recorded and our vows are recorded. Like, I don't know. It's just – for me, it's, like, a cool reminiscent thing and, like, Sometimes, like when I'm like feeling sad, I'll just go watch it because it's like so happy. <laughs> so- <laughs> I I think it's the best idea you've ever given me. Like one hundred percent, I'm totally all in. I can't wait to watch my vows on repeat. Like I'm so excited for that. <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna you're gonna love it. You're not gonna regret it at all. Yeah. Anthony might be like, why did Susan tell Serena to get because she's watching it like 17 times a week for a while, but it's totally cool. It's fine. It's totally fine. He'll he'll deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into today's topic. And that is we're jumping more into the topic of weight. Mm-hmm. It's a juicy topic. So one of the biggest things that we often get like questioned on is like, can you actually like, can you lose weight while you're doing food freedom? And I'm going to let Serena start on this and share with you a little bit her thoughts on that. Yeah. So can you lose weight with an intuitive eating journey? Yeah, you can, right? So the point of intuitive eating, though, is not to lose weight, which is what makes it really different than most diets out there, is we're not going on this journey with the intention of losing weight, but it potentially could happen to you just depending on where you're starting out. So when you're on a food freedom journey, rather than pursuing a specific body size or a specific weight, what naturally ends up happening when you're in attuned to your body and feeding your body with the right amount of energy to support um, your genetic blueprint or, you know, kind of what you were born to look like essentially based on your DNA is you're going to find your your set point weight and basically this this set point range weight is the range of weights that your body um, was intended to weigh 
um, when you are nourishing yourself correctly. So if you're starting an intuitive eating journey and you're at a weight that is higher than your set point range, then yes, potentially your body would level out and find uh, and, and lose weight in order to get into that set point range. However, for a lot of people, I find that they're starting this journey below their set point rate weight range because they have been restricting and manipulating their body size. So intuitive eating may make you gain weight or you may already be in your set point weight range and so therefore um, weight loss does not happen. What do you think, Susan? Is there anything I'm missing there? Yeah. No, I, I think you hit it. Like, And I think the thing that I was thinking about, like that was a great explanation of like your set point weight and what could potentially happen. Um. I think it's also important to remember that like your set point weight, it can change. Like I really want you to understand that bodies are meant to change. So that means that your weight is going to change throughout your life. And that means that your weight set point is going to change throughout your life. Like as hard as it may be to like hear and understand this, but like your body is not going to be the same as it was in high school, as it was in college, like for the rest of your life. Like that is just not how bodies are designed. Like bodies are designed to change with age. And like just so you understand like the biology behind that, like that's a protective mechanism because as we get older – our bodies are protecting ourselves. So say, for example, like, you know, a lot of times what tends to happen is like women, for example, may gain weight around like menopause um, and then, you know, until like maybe they're in like their 80s is a lot of times what we scientifically see happen. And the reason for that is it's a protective mechanism. Like your body is protecting itself in case something happens. So it's giving itself a little bit of extra cushion in case you get sick. So that way, like you have these extra reserves to like protect your body. So it's, it's actually your body being incredibly smart. So a lot of times that's like why bodies change. And that's why like when women get pregnant and then have kids, you know, like bodies change with pregnancy because it's a different phase in how your body is working and it's a protective mechanism. It's not something that's wrong with you. So I just wanted to like add that in is like for you to understand that like there's nothing wrong with you that your body is changing throughout the course of your life. Like my body right now at 31 years old is not the same as it was when I was 21. And that's okay. Like it's it's going to change. Does that mean it's easy? And I'm like loving the accepting the, the fact, you know, that like, yep, my body has changed over the last 10 years. Uh, no, it's not always easy. Um, but accepting that and knowing that like your body is doing that like as a protective mechanism for you, like it's it's just shifting like that mindset a little bit to understand like that's it's not completely black and white. I love that. And I think if you're listening to this and you're like really struggling with that piece of you know, accepting your body is changing. I think a great episode to listen to is when we had Daisy on, the personal stylist, and we talked all about dressing your body as um, you enter different phases of life. And then also the episode we had with Brianna Campos, who is a, um, a body image um, educator. But 
yeah, your set point weight range is going to change throughout your life. And I, I love that you brought that up because sometimes we can almost turn this set point into another diet where it's like, I'm not at my set point weight. I'm not at my set point weight yet. And it's like, well, actually, are you, you know, eating enough during the day? Are you feeling energetic all day? You know, are you getting your period if you're of menstruating age? Like all these indications that you are, you know, eating enough for your body. Okay, then sorry, that is what your set point rate weight range is. And just kind of learning how to accept it is really like the hardest part of the journey. I also I also kind of wanted to throw this out here as we're talking about set point is if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, this like simply will not do. I'm just going to keep dieting because I cannot, you know, accept my set point. <laughs> you know, here's the, uh, here's the really like the bad thing or the negative thing about – you know, manipulating your weight and dieting is the idea that another way to change your set point range and actually make you more predisposed to being at that a heavier weight or the heavier end of your set point is by dieting, by restricting calories. So if I um, my set point weight was a certain range and I didn't like it, so I went on a low-calorie diet or I stopped eating carbs or whatever, and I lost a bunch of weight and I got below my set point, what's going to happen is your body is going to say, holy moly, there's not enough energy out there to let Serena live in a body that is healthiest for her, aka our set point range. Therefore, I need to slow down my metabolism, slow down how much energy I'm burning to try and help Serena get back into this set point range. And essentially what happens is because your metabolism is slowing down to compensate is that now when you, you know, dieting inevitably fails, right, 95 to 98% of the time, when your diet inevitably fails and you go back to eating quote unquote like normal, um, what's happened is your metabolism has slowed down. And so not only is there rebound weight gain, but your set point range is now is higher. It's elevated. And again, not that there's anything wrong with weighing more, but we just want to realize that by kind of chasing this weight loss and tricking your body to be below set point, you're actually just, you know, biting yourself in the butt. Like you're kind of making it worse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I think this is a really good point to make because I think a lot of times we think or like you might think that well I don't I don't want to do this like I'm not having this so I'm just going to go on another diet and then I'll lose the weight and it'll be fine but that actually we're not saying you're not going to lose the weight right like you probably will lose weight but it's just like that long term effect of like what's going to then happen and how that's going to impact your set point weight because you can in fact have a set point weight and then you can increase your set point weight not just from like what we were talking about before with like that biologically driven thing of bodies changing, but you can change it by not giving yourself adequate nutrition and your body using it as another protective mechanism to hold on to more storage. So that way when it goes through another starvation phase, it has more in the future. And one of the biggest things that I tend to get a lot of questions about that I want to talk about is um, I have a lot of women that message me about the fact that, you know, being a fertility dietitian and being on a fertility journey and when you're on fertility treatments and taking different medications, they find that they gain weight. And I have a lot of women tell me like, 
you know, they just, they don't feel good in their bodies because they've gained weight from fertility treatments. And then they kind of feel like the nail in the coffin is the fact that not only did they like gain weight from these fertility treatments, they're not pregnant. So they feel like if they would have gotten pregnant, then gaining the weight was worth it. But because they didn't get pregnant, they feel bad that they gained weight and feel like they need to go on a diet to lose weight. And I just want to like acknowledge the fact like it's totally okay to feel like crap about the fact that you gained weight from these fertility treatments and it's totally okay to feel like, you know, you you know, having this outcome tied to the fact like if I was pregnant, it would have been worth it. But if I'm not, then it's not worth it. And then feeling like you need to go on a diet. But the thing is that you can work on like supporting your fertility and your body and your health without going on a diet. And the thing is, and the reason why I'm like being gentle and want to like caution you against like just going on a diet to lose the weight from fertility treatments is because diets, this is exactly what Serena was saying, because of what diets do to your body. And if you aren't giving your body enough of the nutrients that it needs, it is it is not going to be giving the nutrients that your reproductive system needs. So even if you are going to be doing like future cycles or you're just going to, you know, try naturally for a while after um, like fertility treatments, like you, you need to still be giving your body that nutrition that it needs and going on a diet and restricting carbs or, you know, trying to be careful of portion sizes. And I just like think like this is just another way, like you're already feeling upset and, you know, emotional about the fact that like the treatment didn't work. And then you're beating yourself up over the fact that like now you gained weight and your body doesn't look the same and you think you need to go on a diet. And so you're going to restrict and you're like, you're just like not allowing yourself to live. Like, and I just want you to know, like, you can take care of your body and and without focusing on, like, losing weight and going on a diet and get to a place where you actually feel better. I think that's the biggest thing is you're kind of at a point where you don't feel good and you're taking it out on your body. And a way to take out on your body is to beat yourself up for gaining weight and then go on a diet. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like you are just getting stuck in a cycle. And yeah, I have a lot of compassion for this idea of, you know, you're you're doing fertility treatments and you're expecting a certain result and not only do you not get that result, but your body has changed and you feel uncomfortable. Like I just – I feel so much compassion in like my heart just thinking and hearing about that. Um, however, we just want to remember like when we feel – uncomfortable or sad or upset with our body, it's really important to not resort to trying to punish your body, but rather really realizing your body is your friend, your body is your teammate, and we need to really just focus on ways to make yourself feel better and feel more comfortable in your skin rather than restricting and punishing. So Susan, like I guess – so I guess what we're saying here is like, sure, you could lose weight, but that's not the point of intuitive eating. So like what – I guess like what gifts or like mm, deliverables – I feel like that's a weird word to use. Like what do you get from food freedom that makes you stick with it and say, okay, maybe I'm not going to lose weight. Maybe I will lose weight, but like this is why I'm doing it. Like what gifts does food freedom give people? You know, it's – it's honestly the simple things. It's, 
you know, the word freedom is inside of food freedom for a reason. And it's this freedom to live your life. And that is a very like broad sense of what we're saying, you know, like it's when we say that it's getting down to the little things of like freedom to just make your breakfast in the morning without having to measure what you're eating and log it into an app and count it and see, you know, how much you have left for the day. It's freedom to enjoy, you know, cookies and ice cream and keep them in the house and not worry about it. And it's freedom to go out to dinner and order what you want on the menu and what sounds good, not what you think you should be eating. It's freedom to order exactly what you want from Starbucks or your local coffee shop. Like it's those little things that what happens is when you aren't thinking about food all the time and you aren't obsessing over what you should be doing and instead you're just doing what feels good for you and your body, you have so much more brain space for other areas in your life, so much more creativity, so much more time to like have a new hobby or to actually like be physically present while you are spending time with like your loved ones. What would you add to that, Serena? I don't even know. You know, I kind of was thinking like, so when I'm thinking of my own journey, like what do I remember, right? Like when I, when I finally really found food freedom and it was like actually like sticking with it. And I, I feel like the first thing for me that pops out is just like not binging anymore. Like being able to live in my home and feel safe, even if there's ice cream in the freezer or cookies on the counter, because that was just such and you know, especially when like, you know, when I moved in with a partner, like I, I it was this very weird thing of like because I had lived with my my ex-boyfriend and now I live with my fiance. But you know, like when I was living with with my former partner, like this very weird feeling of like, we can't have cereal in the house. Like you can't have cereal in the cabinets. Like, are you kidding me? Like I'm going to binge eat all this cereal. And like now being in my present relationship where it's like, we can have cereal in the house. We can have ice cream in the house. We can have cookies in the house. Like it doesn't, it doesn't torment me. And like just feeling safe in my home, no matter like what food is in the house, like that is like such a gift. Um, and and I, and I would also say for me, like being so obsessed with food made me even more obsessed with my physical appearance. And I was constantly body checking, constantly like lifting up my shirt to like check on like how my body looked like so bizarre. And now that my brain's not constantly occupied with thoughts of food, I'm also not constantly occupied with thoughts of how my body look. And I can like live my life and you know, spend time doing things that, you know, I enjoy like watching a movie and resting and eating some ice cream and not feeling guilty about it or running to the bathroom to check on my, you know, how my stomach looks after I do that. Like, so, so basically everything you just said, Susan, like I agree with, and I'm just trying to paint the picture of like, from my personal journey, like if you're listening to this and you're like, what does that look like? Like, that's what it looked like for me. Do you have any like specific moments that you can share when you found food freedom? Yeah, that's a really, really uh, good example. I 
For me, I think it, it it was being able to just cook a meal without having to like make everything from scratch. Like, I mean, when I was kind of like in the throes of all of it, of like clean eating, I was like making everything from scratch. Like I was making like cream soups from scratch to put in the freezer so that way I could make like the casserole that my husband wanted, which his favorite, if you're from the Midwest, you'll know what this is, but his favorite is, I shouldn't say it's just a Midwest thing, but it's very popular in the Midwest, is tater tot casserole. (laughs) Okay, no, Serena's giving me a look. No idea. Okay, okay, so it is a Midwest thing. (laughs) Um, But it's like a cream soup, like, and I think that cream soup-based casseroles are very, very popular in the Midwest, and like that is something that I think just comes from like our weather. <laughs> like when it's really cold, like it's very much the winter thing. Like that's not something that like I would crave a lot in the summer. But um, anyways, I when I was in the throes of it, I was like making all of these things from scratch. I was like, you know, freezing my own vegetables. And uh, I remember I've maybe told this story before, but I remember one year attempting to make Christmas cookies with like, uh, I think it was whole wheat flour and like stevia. (laughs) I'm laughing because they tasted so horrible, but I was like, oh my God, I like, we, we shouldn't have, like, I can't have real sugar or like it wasn't, and I should say too, it wasn't that like I would never allow myself to eat those things. Like I would, but I would do my best to avoid it. So like if I was going to like make something, then like I was going to make it as healthy, as healthy, I'm using air quotes, as I possibly could and as from scratch as I possibly could. And with the least amount of carbs, that was another one that I was really like, you know, I had to do like gluten-free or low carb or only sprouted grain or, oh my God, I could like go on and on and on. And I like wouldn't, like I would eat the regular things. Like if I was at like a family event, you know, and like say like my in-laws are like making us dinner, like I would eat like what they made us. I'm not saying I wouldn't, um, but I like would. The reason why I felt okay doing that was because of how I ate during the rest of the week. Um, so I, I don't know if that gives you guys more of a clear picture, but let me just tell you, don't make Christmas cookies with whole wheat flour and stevia. <laughs> if you learn one thing from us. <laughs> yeah, don't. And by the way, I like my husband ate them and he was like, these are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it tastes just like the real thing, honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like – uh, he's like, no, I'm pretty sure you're ones that you make with white flour and uh, I make them with sour cream and loads of sugar. Oh, they're so good. They're Whoa. so good. <laughs> Is this like a family recipe or will you share it with us? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can share it. I literally just like found it on Pinterest. I just like know from like someone else that uh, sugar cookies that have sour cream in them, cream in them 
I know it sounds wild. but well, yeah, but I'm interested. They stay softer longer. And I'm like all about the soft sugar cookie. Like I don't – if it's crunchy – like I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Here's one of the things – this is not on topic for what we're talking about, but I'm just going to tell you guys because that's also the part of this podcast. Uh, we should probably do another unscripted episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but – one of the things that – now I'm losing my train of thought about this, but um, – Crunchy cookies versus soft. Crunchy cookies. Okay. One of the things about food freedom and like creating peace with food is that like you really learn what you like to eat. You don't just eat something to eat something. Like so here's the deal. If someone sets a plate of sugar cookies in front of me and I can tell they are thin and they are crunchy, like I'm not going to eat them because I don't like that kind of sugar cookie. Unless it's like uh, my aunt makes these really good like Amish friendship cookies that are like are just like a little crunch. Like but they're so good, okay? And I know that like if she makes them, well, I actually have two aunts that make them. So if they make them, I will eat them. <laughs> but – Wait, I, yes. have, I have a very important question. So does Eric consider you to be a picky eater? Uh, I actually – I don't know. This is a constant argument in my relationship because what Susan just said is dead on. When you have food freedom and you're really attuned to your body, you start to realize like these little nuances. Like, yeah, I like sugar cookies, but I really only like them when they're chewy and soft. I don't want them when they're hard. So this drives Anthony crazy. He's like, you are the pickiest eater. And I'm like, no, I am not. Like, I do like sugar cookies and I could eat crunchy sh- – because I totally agree with Susan here. Like, I could eat crunchy sugar cookies. It's not like they're repulsive to me, but I just know soft baked sugar cookies are out there and I'd rather eat those. So I'm just like, it's not like I'm saving myself. It's hard to explain it. It's just like, I want what I want and I like what I like. And that's, that's the thing I now eat versus being like, I, I don't know. It just, it's total. My relationship with food is totally different, but it drives Anthony crazy. Yeah, I I mean I'm definitely I don't he's Eric's never like been like you're so picky. I think he just like notices that like yeah, I'm not going to eat something if I don't like it. I love that. I'm proud. I I love that we're like that. That like makes me proud of myself. Yeah, and like I mean, I just like sharing this with you guys. Like I hope this just like gives you like an just a glimpse of like what it could be like. Yeah, down the road. Yeah, like and it's hard. Uh, I'm like, is this does this sound significant? But like, it was. It's so significant for me. I think. I think what I'm trying to say when we're talking about this, like, am I a picky eater thing, is that when I was dieting, if there were cookies out, and I was giving myself permission to eat the cookie because I was like, oh, hashtag Christmas, I can eat cookies. Like, I would just eat cookies, and like, it wouldn't matter how they tasted to me or the texture. I would just be like, yeah, I'm allowed to eat these, so I'm going to eat them. Versus now, I can eat cookies every every single day. And when I eat the cookies, they are the most delicious cookies because it's like exactly what I want. And so when I'm saying I'm proud of myself, I'm not trying to like secretly be like, I don't know. I feel like it could be like misconstrued as like I'm trying to be a perfect eater in some way, but it's more like food is just so enjoyable and delicious now. And now that I know how delicious and enjoyable food can be, like why would I like do anything else is what I kind of am trying to say. Yeah, exactly. I I totally agree with that. Like you don't need to eat stuff that you don't like. 
Right. I, I was just saying that. Like, I say that all the time, but like, I feel like I'm going to say it and say it and say it and say it. Like, if you don't like something, you don't have to eat it. Like, I see women on the fertility journey all the time talking about like, or like, I'll see all these like recommendations from fertility. I'm going to put quotes around them, experts. And I'm not saying they're not experts. I'm just saying I don't like the fact that they're telling you that you have to eat liver and kale in order to get pregnant because you don't. Uh, because like women tell me they feel bad because they didn't eat enough liver and kale. And I'm like, I don't eat liver and kale. This sounds disgusting. Like I, I will eat kale if it's like in like a salad mix, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not making kale chips. I'm not like making a full kale salad. No, disgusting. Like and, <laughs> if you like it, I that's like good. I'm glad that you like it. But like I like for me, like that's not that's not going to do it for me. It is not going to do it for me. Same thing with liver. Like I'm just not. One time in college, my husband and his friends tricked me and my other friend to eat uh liver. Like they thought they were this is such a midwest thing. We're totally rambling at this point you guys, but I just hope you're loving it. But uh they got like a half of a cow or something and so they got liver and they like cooked it and they were like tricking us into eating it. And he's like, "You know what? I, that's fine if you want to trick me into it, but like I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to like openly eat it." When I was paleo, hashtag #paleo, I my we had a a venison, a deer in our freezer, and we had the liver. And because I was hashtag paleo, <laughs> I was like making like meatloaf with liver and like forcing myself to eat liver. And I hated it. I thought it was so disgusting. But I was like, this is so healthy. It's the healthiest thing you could eat. And I was like forcing myself to eat it. And when we finally finished it, I like could never bring myself to eat it again because it was so like it was traumatizing. It was terrible. It was so gross. I do love kale though. Right. And can we just say something that you said that like really like sparked something in me when you were like, oh, but this is like the healthiest thing that I could eat. Like, okay, if you don't like it, it's not the healthiest thing you can eat. Oh, I, yes, I was crazy back then. (laughs) Right, right. But like, right, exactly. And I've thought that same thing too. Like, like I was saying about the sugar cookies, like I thought it was so healthy to make it that way. And like, it's like, if you don't like it, then it's not healthy for you. What's healthy for you is to eat foods that you enjoy Absolutely. and a good variety of them. All right. We should probably stop rambling now. But I hope <laughs> that this episode just helped to give you a little bit of perspective on like weight and food freedom, but like also this last like bit where we're just like rambling about these different things. Like just I hope it just gives you an insight into like what it can truly be like and what doors can open for you when you have freedom with food. I love it. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.